Let's get it on! You are now entering the Gecko Chamber. That, that was really good. <laughs> well, 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 welcome back to the no spin dash zone or the no, the no wall crawl zone. I, 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 I screwed up my own. Okay. Anyway. I love. Hi. You want to do a retake? Or no, no. We're, wait, wait, this is a part of it. Okay. Well, all right. Or I'll, I'll, knowing me, I'll probably delete it anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we're talking about Gex because we're going to take a break from the Sonic and the who's and what's it in the... What are our names, real quick? Uh, I forget. Okay. I think, I think my name is Charlie, but... So you're you're Charlie, and you're joined, as always, by your host, Isaiah, which is me and Steven. Uh, it's, it was my idea to play Gex. That's so true. you can thank me or send your hate mail to me. Yeah. <laughs> at the No Spin uh, Just because we're playing as an anthropomorphic animal mascot does not mean we're furries. In fact, only one of us is a furry. Yeah, also, Gex is a lizard, so it would be scalers anyway. Well, let's not make things technical. Keeping with the theme of anthropomorphic <laughs> animals uh, platforming uh, in a space where the camera is very close to the environment, uh, we have taken a break from Sonic, and we're now playing the Gex trilogy. And the supplementary, like, uh, handheld games, potentially. You seem pretty hesitant about that one. Yeah. Well, I can't tell. They are definitely different games. They were developed by completely different companies. Oh, for sure. I can't tell if they're like even worth playing. I think there are two of them. I, don't I think there's didn't one enjoy for... playing what I did of the handheld one of the second one. I don't know if there's two handheld. Yeah, they just don't seem great. Anyway, we're talking about the first game, which I played the second and third game, but not the first one because it was released on the 3DO and then the Saturn and PS1, which we played the PS1 version. So this was developed by Crystal Dynamics, uh, a company that is currently known for their Tomb Raider series. Uh, oh. I forgot about that. Yeah. I did not... I completely disconnected them from any game besides Gex in my head. Yeah. Uh, so they made Gex, and then after that, they were like, what if in 2003 we made Tomb Raider, and then they made a lot of money, and then they continued to make Tomb Raider, and then... They took a break from. Who's the original of makers of Tomb Raider? Uh, Crystal Dynamics, actually. Well, no, the first Tomb Raider came out PS1. 2003 is not when Tomb Raider came out. In 2003, the studio was also entrusted the development of the best-selling Tomb Raider franchise. After okay, after its original developer core yeah, design. Yeah, Isaiah, what? The, how could it be a best-selling franchise before it came out? Look, skimming is a skill that other people have. I apologize for that. Yeah, they took over... Usually um, you do that before you read out loud, though. They, they took over in, in 2006, actually, uh, with Tomb Raider. So quite a bit of time passed. Yeah, but... I was under the impression their first Tomb Raider game was Tomb Raider, which was well, 2013. let me tell you. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. They're owned by Square Enix now, <laughs> aren't they? Because I know yes. Square Enix owns Gex and... Yeah. They were acquired several times, but yeah, I think Square Enix is now the Gex Lord. I really want Square Enix to make a new Gex game, now that we live in an era of streaming services. Or we could make Kingdom Hearts with Gex in it. But this is No, actually... he's not owned by Disney, and I do not want Gex to be No, he's not that. owned by Disney, but he could be in Square. Like, it's, I don't, I like don't want, I do not want, Disney. I do not want Gex in Kingdom Hearts. The media dimension, and, wait, why do you even care about Kingdom Hearts? You don't play those games. Exactly. I don't play them, so I don't want Gex in it. Something I find interesting is the idea of a modern Gex game, because Gex is very much a 90s game. You know? It's yeah, he's like, more 90s than Sonic. Yeah, I was going to say, it's more 90s, because it makes reference to, like, television. Television yeah, and movies. one of the most 90s things you can do. Television, yeah. like, movies, other pop culture. Like, the game has a ton of pop culture references that, yeah. quite frankly, I did not get half of them. I got a good chunk of them. In the Kung Fu level, you, like, one of the enemies is straight up just, like, Raiden yeah. from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm like, is that supposed <laughs> to be Raiden? It's definitely just Raiden, because that's not even a Chinese thing. Like, that level is based on Chinese Kung Fu movies. Yeah. But, like, the lightning god Raiden is Japanese, and he does not wear a rice hat, usually. Well, he barely like, wears it in the movie. A... Well, uh, no, I'm just, like, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm saying the, like, Japanese cultural Raiden, like the god of lightning, yeah. from actual like 
Japanese I culture mean, has nothing to do with that character. The Kung Fu so it's level, gotta be a Mortal Kombat level. The reference. Kung Fu level is clearly like East Asian because they're samurais. Like the, the it, it's you know this is a time when people didn't care. Well, I guess people still don't care the difference between Japan and China. But like no, yeah, th there's <laughs> just a, too much of a mix that it just kind of hurts. But like particularly, it's a reference to Kung Fu movies, and there are dudes with swords yeah. in Kung Fu movies. Like those those Gex dudes with the swords aren't necessarily samurais because they don't have like the armor and everything. Yeah, but they 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 look Japanese more than they do Chinese. Don't they have like the like the Kung Fu outfit? I don't, I don't know. I didn't even look. I can't even remember that much, honestly. It's like they. I don't know. I was getting a Japanese vibe when I saw them, so I'm gonna stick with that statement. I think that might just be you liking Japan more than China. That's probably true, but you don't usually associate swords with China as much. The, are you telling me that you don't think the Chinese ever use swords? Well, I I guess I... Whatever. I usually associate <laughs> China with spears more than swords. Do you know about, like, Dynasty Warriors? Uh, I think I played it once, but that was a long time ago. There are a lot of people who use swords in Dynasty Warriors, and that game is all about China. Well, anyway... So, uh, the levels are, uh, there's, so, before I say the levels, the, uh, concept of the game is, there's a gecko named Gex, uh, who watches TV, and then his nemesis, Rez, uh, sucks him into the TV, and now he has to collect a bunch of remotes so that he can change channels, which are also the levels, so that he can escape the TV, or whatever. It's specifically called the media dimension. The media dimension, that's right. Yeah, that's like the term for the universe that it gets yanked into. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find... There's not a very good uh, like list of level locations, so I'm just on the Gex wiki trying to trying to find Wait, their names. do you need names. me to like, tell you like the levels? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I've found them. There's... there's four or five locations, right? There's the there, cemetery. There are four locations, and then there's the fifth final location, and then there's the sixth sixth secret location. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So there's there's the cemetery, which is a bunch of horror-themed levels, mm -hmm. and then there's New Toon Land, which is cartoon-themed levels. After that, there's... Uh, what's the name of the uh, foresty it's a, place? It's a, it's a jungle level. The jungle level. I don't... I didn't keep track of the names. Yeah. Uh, the I remember that the Kung Fu level is called Kung Fuville. Yes, the the Kung Fu level is called Kung Fuville, and it's F U V I L L E, like Fuvel. It's a bit silly. Uh, and then after that, you have uh, Rizopolis, which I did not get to, unfortunately. I got to the first level, and that's as far as I got. Yeah, I couldn't beat, or I mean, I think I could have beaten, but I did not beat the turtle guy, the Gamera dude. So I, I got to the last level in Kung Fuville, and I beat it, but because I didn't collect the remote, I... Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. There have been... <laughs> why there, did you, why'd you go into the exit TV without getting the remote? Because I, I couldn't find the remote, there, and I was sad. So, they're really like in the, they're, they, the dark backgrounds do not help you find yeah. remotes. The remotes like, blend no, in with yeah. the background. So the bit about this game is getting to the end doesn't do anything except for end the level. You get a result screen, you get points, etc. But in order to unlock other levels, you actually have to find a remote somewhere within the level. And the, the remote's usually like right in front of just the exit. And sometimes you have to go out of your way to look for it. Well, typically it's not, it's almost always very close to the exit, but typically it's tucked away, like you have to jump over a couple of platforms, or you have yeah. to like crawl into a space to get it. And so I couldn't, I couldn't find it on this level, and I really, really did not want to keep playing that level, because there were two levels in the game that were really frustrating to me. Maybe, maybe three or four. Uh, all of the ones except for the one in Kung Fuville that were frustrating were from the cemetery world, actually. Really? I hated the cemetery world. I didn't really mind it that much. The main problem was the instant death, like, like water traps. The goo. Yeah, the goo. Because there is water later, so you can't call it water. Yeah. So, so there's so there's like a swamp in the cemetery that if you fall in, you just die, and they put it in pretty liberally, which is very odd. And then the instant death mechanics actually don't show up again for several worlds until they're in the final level in, the, in Kung Fuville. 
where they're back with uh well the cartoon level has a has bottomless pits, pits doesn't it yeah yeah which is essentially the same bottomless pits are a lot better because the screen stops scrolling and so you know where they are well there's something worth noting the screen in this game is probably <laughs> the single worst like gameplay element because yeah. Basically, it's always positioning Gex at the bottom leftmost portion of the screen, so you just can't see under you. And yeah. there's no way to like hold down to look down like you can in Mario or Sonic. Yeah. And also, whenever you turn left, the camera then pans so that Gex is at the bottom right, so that basically you see like wherever Gex is facing. But that's a problem because turning right doesn't immediately shift it back to the right. You have to walk a little bit. Yeah. And even then, the screen is small enough that it's pretty hard to tell where things are anyway, and some enemies attack you very quickly. So, like, you kind of have to memorize where you're going. Yeah, and there's a lot of leaps of faith, too. Especially because you can't see below you. Yeah, they wouldn't be leaps of faith if you could see below you at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, at the very least, literally just holding down, moving the camera down, would improve the game immensely. Yeah, but... I do think that that kind of, like, encourages you to use the wall climbing mechanic, which is good. Like, I, I think I feel like the wall climbing mechanic is the thing that works best in this game. Yeah, for and sure. it's the thing that makes it, like, generally playable. So, if you've never played Gex before, which I can't imagine why you would have, um, <laughs> he, he's a gecko, so he can climb on walls using his suction cup feet. So if you hold up while jumping towards the ceiling, and you jump as high enough to reach the ceiling, you'll cling to it. And then you can sort of, like, Mario Galaxy your way around things. Yeah. Uh, the only problem is, like, if you have to jump down, right, and this is this is the, the major camera doesn't show you down far enough problem, if you jump down, there's no easy way to cling onto a wall to keep yourself from, like, landing on top of spikes or in an in instant death swamp, you know? Right, but that's only if you're on the top of the ceiling. If you're on the side of a wall, because you can also climb up the sides of walls. Yeah. Uh, you can jump at two different trajectories, and you can also control your arc after that. So it's it's really not that big of a deal if you're jumping off a wall. It's only when you're jumping off the ceiling. And even then, for the most part, they don't make you jump towards, like, bottomless pits or instant death mechanics. Yeah. Except for that last kung fu level. That's yeah. where it really destroyed my soul. I definitely think cl the climbing the wall mechanic is the strongest point the game has going for it. Because it fully makes use of that in level design. It has a really good yeah. mix of now you have to climb the walls, now you have to stop climbing the walls and start platforming traditionally, and now you can climb the like background, you know. And we have a different sets of sprite for you, basically like walking around the level like on the background, uh, so that now it's just completely independent of platforming. Yeah, it does something similar to Mario World, where you can climb on like the cages. With this, you can climb on the back of sub walls. Yeah. And it's kind of neat because the walls don't parallax, so it's pretty easy to tell where you can climb on the wall. Yeah. And Gex has a couple different moves. He can do a tail whip, which is like just basically a normal combat attack. And he also has a tongue, so you can use that. It doesn't typically damage enemies, but you can use it to grab items in the world. And if you grab any of his power-ups, I believe he's got fire, ice, and electricity. I don't think there are any other ones. No. Yeah. He has an but invincibility, turn... though, and a speed-up, but... Yeah, yeah, there are other power-ups, but none that affect his... Uh tongue but basically if you get one of those elemental power-ups and you use your tongue you fire like an attack of sorts and two of them are just ranged attacks but one of them is like a spread shot which is really useful yeah and when you combine that with the wall climbing you can get a bunch of different like angles and heights to your attacks so it gives you a lot of different options for tackling enemies which yeah. i think is really cool like i had a very fun time climbing up walls to avoid enemies that otherwise you could just run through faster, but taking your time to, like, take them out in almost this, like, Metal Gear stealth type way is really Yeah, it, it does have that going for it as well. Like, uh, as we were talking about earlier, you can drop from the ceiling, and if you hold down in midair, Gex will turn his tail into, like, a spring shape, and if you land on enemies like that, it kills them. Normally you can't jump on enemies, you have to use the spring in particular, but it's really fun to, like, climb on the wall above the samurai dudes in the kung fu world, and then, like, <laughs> hold down and jump, and then immediately spring off of them and climb back onto the wall. Like, you do, like, a drop attack, and then immediately start clinging to the wall again. It's really fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's good. I, I do feel like, uh, the tongue is a little bit mechanically redundant. 
Like, I think it makes sense for a gecko to be like, oh, well, the two things about him... Oh, well, the one thing about him is that he's a gecko. So he has a tail, and he has a tongue, and he can climb walls. So we're yeah. going to give him a tail attack, and we're going to give him, like, a, a tongue thing so he eats. And that's also how he gains health in addition to the power-ups, is, is there's bugs that, that heal you. Um, but I kind of feel like, to a certain extent, ignoring the, like, visual theming just mechanically, that could be condensed into one button without sacrificing anything. I actually disagree. So... The thing about the bugs, although I didn't really see them as bugs, they were just more like just circles. Yeah, they're, they're circles with a picture of a bug on it. They're yeah. definitely bugs in the next game. But the thing is, you can either tail slap them, which gets you health, or you can eat them and take their effects. So it's a little bit of a risk-reward factor there. And plus, like, eating it, if it gives you a power-up, it'll give you an extra hit as well. Like, you'll lose your fire, but you won't take damage. But you can just tail slap and heal yourself up. And there's certain power-ups that'll uh, increase your health bar by one that you can eat. And then, you know, you'll see, automatically heal up. See, but I yeah. feel like that's not a valuable decision because it's always better to eat it than to slap it. Except, except... This is the only game where getting a one-up is legitimately just worse than getting more health. <laughs> that is, that so is true. you can tail slap the one-ups to heal yourself. There are points that they give you three in a row, and it's basically a full heal. So I would much rather have the tail attack than the tongue. Because all the, all the power-ups are a free hit, and the health upgrades take you to max health, take you to the now higher max health. So all of that stuff, it's way better to eat than to slap. Well, there's also, like, the speed-up I frequently slap instead of eating. Oh, yeah, that's true. And even invincibility sometimes I'll tail-slap instead of eating, because there, it, invincibility doesn't save you from insta-death, just like in Sonic. Yeah. And invincibility also doesn't save you from a couple other obstacles. I don't remember which ones they are, but I remember, like, wondering why invincibility didn't save you from certain things. Yeah. What, like, dying on a floor? Yeah. That I mean, about right. I, if there's if there's a kill floor, it's it's usually not gonna hurt. It's usually not gonna save you. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Like you don't go invincibility and expect to just land in the lava in Super Mario. Right, but that's that's the same as like a bottomless pit, effectively. Well, in, not in necessarily. Anyway. Well, no, in this game it is. The lava is exactly the same as bottomless pit. It's an instant death. So. Well, weren't you saying that the uh, it's a different in this? It's a different. I think. Well, the only difference is that you can technically climb out of bottomless pits in certain instances. Because the Gex can clean the walls, so if you're yeah. holding left in a bottomless pit, sometimes you can climb out of it. But, no, in general, they're pretty much the same. Well, anyway, it's just they're, they're used in different levels. The important thing is that spikes don't instant kill you. Yes, it's very good. I also like the way that they use spikes in this game with the walls, because... Gex can climb walls, so generally speaking, you can get pretty much anywhere you want if there's a wall involved. Yeah. But they'll put spikes on it to make you, like, avoid that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, if there's spikes on the wall, you cannot climb on it. Like, yeah. it, it won't let you. Although, there was this segment in the cemetery where I was able to... Well, I was climbing a wall, and then there were spikes on the next part, but I was able to... When I climbed up against it, I was able to, like, stand in the spikes and find a secret area. Hmm and get some extra lives. There's lots of neat little secrets in this game. There are a lot of secrets in it. And a lot of them feel useful because frequently they'll give you the power-ups, which, like Charlie said earlier, they give you an extra hit because basically what they do is you've got these little hand symbols in the top right corner, and if you take a hit, they become, like, uh, empty. But you'll still see the outline of the hand, like the yeah. gecko hand. They're like heart containers in any other game. Yeah, basically. But if you get a power-up... No matter what health you're at, there will be a little fly next to your health bar that signifies which power-up you have. And if you get hit while you have that, instead of taking any damage, you just lose your fly and your power-up. But you can also stack power-ups, so you could have, like, three copies of your, like, firefly. And then each time you take a hit, it'll drop one, but you'll still have your firepower. And you won't be taking any damage during that. Yeah. So, like, finding a secret, even if you already have, like, full health and power-ups and stuff, is still, like, rewarding. Mm-hmm. So I find that after the cemetery, the game gets a lot better. Yeah. It's Which is weird that the first world is, like, the worst. But in particular, halfway through Toon Land, they were like, wait a second, what if every level had, like, a thing that the level was about? Which is yeah. something the cemetery didn't really have outside of this level has more swamps, and therefore you hate this level. 
<laughs> I like some of the enemies in the cemetery level though. Like I like yeah. the chainsaw dude and the tomatoes. Yeah. Because that's all references to stuff that I enjoy. So. Yeah. Actually, let's let's transition into that. This game is a bunch of pop culture references, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, just one after another. <laughs> It's almost irritating. Like, this is one of the first times a game was like, let's try to be funny. And so it does the thing, like, every Spider-Man game ever has done this, where they're like, uh, we're going to make the main character say something funny. Uh, he's going to say it 400 times. And you might chuckle the first time, you will hate it by the last time he says it. You know? Eh. Um, every time he uses the phrase, it's tail time! It makes me smile. <laughs> I, I like how in the the jungle map all re all of his references are songs. Yeah. So so in the Toonland, right? Whenever you exit the level, because whenever you exit a level, he he has like three things that he will swap between depending on what like yeah. world you're in, right? Yeah. He also does like a little wind pose animation. Yeah, he'll scream Wilma. Yeah. I <laughs> I heard him scream Wilma a lot, and I was like, Hey Gex, uh, that's not a joke. You're just saying the word Wilma in your in your very best impersonation of Fred Flintstone. Yeah, That's not a joke. It's Family Guy the game before. Family That's not Guy the what game. a joke is, Mr. Gex. I'm dying over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google Gex voice actor. It's Dana uh, Gould. Dana, yeah, Dana Gould. He's a real comedian. I listened to one of his sets and I was not impressed. <laughs> it definitely like. That. There's there's a real comedy style. You play this game, like, you pick it up very quickly. There's this very specific 90s style of delivering jokes where it's like... It's almost like... Like, it reminds me of Jim Carrey, because that was, like, his peak era, I guess. <laughs> where it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on a funny voice, and I'm gonna talk very quickly, and just very, like, really force this line to let you yeah. know that this is a joke and that it's supposed to be funny. And that sounds like I really hate it, and I only kind of hate it. I've linked you guys to a list of quotes in Gex, so if you have any that you, you Oh want. my god. Okay, so... This page? This page is obscenely long. Also, here's, here's another thing. In one of the Kung Fu levels, there was a bit where he would not stop talking. Like, there was an entire stage where he was like, I'm gonna repeat these same four lines over and over, and was two the of them... Was the one with the bouncy laundry? Uh, two of them were singing. In like it was the one with all the sumo boys, he would sing, oh. and his his jokes where he sings are the worst because music is also playing, and he doesn't care about that. <laughs> like he that's that's not he as far as he's concerned, the notes he's singing and the notes the music are playing harmonize with each other. I tell you what, they do not harmonize with each other. They they sound very bad put together, so I hate it. This is a very long list. Yeah, it's obscenely long. But yeah, so when he when he enters Kung Fu Bill, he says, Now listen to me, grasshopper. And then he says, Come on, Jake, it's Chinatown. Get ready for him to say one of those two things every single time you enter that map, i.e. every time you die. Yeah, there appears to be, like, almost 50 quotes, like, <laughs> each level. And, and you know what? There need to be, because if there aren't, yeah. then you're just going to hear the same ones over and over, like, have happened to me, right? Yeah, like, but, like, many of them are not that great anyway. Like, I'd say that one of the weakest parts of this game is Gex saying things out loud. Yeah. Definitely the funniest joke is, My inner child is coming out, and it hurts! Yeah, that one got me every time. <laughs> I, but that that line like is the epitome of this like '90s fast force delivery. He's like, my inner child is coming out and it hurts, and I'm like, okay, Gex. Well, it's also good because that one's like the best voice actor. Like, there's a lot of intonation in each segment, and like he delivers the punchline with a completely different voice. It's definitely like, like it's good, you know. But it also is exactly like what I'm trying to describe. I mean, I'm enjoying it somewhat. I enjoyed it somewhat because I was I've been playing the other two. And I'm just kind of, yeah, this is fine, because I'm the kind of person who will enjoy Family Guy or somehow still enjoy Dane Cook. Because this is probably humor that no one likes when they grow old, but when you're young, it's like, oh, that's cool. So, so Charlie, you're editing this episode. See if you can find some voice clips, like, isolate them, and just, like, pop them up here. Yeah, I would definitely suggest the, the Inner Child bit. The Inner Child, for sure. 
You should uh, definitely quote him seeing friggin' the Guns N' Roses song. Welcome to the jungle! Get, get him, jungle like, island. doing- get him doing a not very good Shaggy impersonation. Oh, I love Wait. that one. <laughs> it's- Let's get back to the mystery van! Yeah, it's like- He doesn't even call it the mystery machine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta- you gotta avoid those copyrights. It's- it's incredible. Yeah, G-Scoob, let's get back to the mystery van. Uh, and it's, it's an okay, like, Shaggy impersonation. Yeah. And I was like, they definitely hired him because, number one, he's a comedian. And number two, he can do impressions so that they can do more, like, pop culture references. But can he do impressions, though? <laughs> like, a little I, bit. I, I love how, I, I can't, this is like a weird thing to be up about. But I can't believe this was released, like, post-Full House. <laughs> oh, yeah, because th that was another quote that I liked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, which level Which level is the, the no, that's when he, that's when he attacks a No, that's when he attacks a TV. Because there's, like, a oh, TV enemy in every stage. Oh, that's the monitors. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a TV. He says, That's for 12 years of Full House. Yeah. So, so there's a, there's a line... Uh, during one of the bosses, and I thought this line was funny, but I also thought it makes no sense in the context that it happens. So this this line is funny, and he delivers it in a funny way, uh, and he goes, "Mental note: Throw up later." Uh, and I'm like, "That's a good bit." Uh, which one is this? Is that the, the flatulator or the? It's the girl? it's the snake. It's the snake boss. Uh, it's oh, in the, the yeah. jungle level. When you have to climb up the- I like that boss. I actually- that was the most fun I was having in the game, was against that boss. Yeah, because you didn't have to attack it, and then the gorilla helps you, even though it was an yeah. enemy before. I, I got definitely... terrified when I- <laughs> Yeah. All three of us were like- To explain what we're talking about, each level has a boss that you have to fight, like most each, games. Each world but... has a boss. Well, yeah, not each- yeah. Yes, each world. And- the third world, the jungle world, the boss isn't something that you have to fight necessarily. It's a huge tower that you have to climb, and there's a snake that comes from like one hole, and there are a bunch of other holes in the area, and he basically just bounces between two different holes that are on screen, yeah. and you have to dodge him while climbing. Yeah, which is very cool, because you you can also see like it's got a very good design of being like, okay, there's a bunch of platforms and not a lot of holes at the beginning, and as the level continues, there's fewer and fewer platforms and more and more holes. Yeah. So, you're just more in danger all the time. Oh, yeah. It should also be noted that there's a run mechanic in this game, which is... I, you can, I forget like, it's there half the time, until I actually Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can basically just hold down... I think it's L1. You can yeah. hold yeah. down to run, and that will boost your jump height slightly, and it'll make you jump much further. It's surprising how, like, I just got it. Like, yeah. the, the run bit... After the first, like, two levels, I was like, no, I know exactly... This is the distance when I walk jump, and this is the different distance when I run jump. And so for for this whole boss where you're supposed to climb the tower, I was I was using both of those correctly, like 100% of the time. Yeah, I think I beat it on my third try. Yeah. And yeah, it it feels really good for how bad the platforming is in most segments. For some yeah. reason, the precision platforming in that particular boss feels really good, and I think it's just because they give you like. Tons of time to figure out the angles yeah. and stuff. Well, I, I, it doesn't punish you for falling. A huge part of it is, like, the tower is a climbable background. So you can't really scale up, but you can keep yourself from falling by hitting the up button and clinging to the wall. So then you can be like, okay, what's the platform that I want to, like, get to so I don't fall yeah. super far down? Yeah, it, it's really cool. But yeah, so the, so the line mental note throw up later makes no sense in that context, because what is making him sick? And there's another line where he's like, I'm gonna be sick. And I don't, I don't understand it at all. Like why he would be sick in this context, but it was a good line anyway, and I laughed. That was like, <laughs> the, those two lines were like the only two that I was like, this is funny. The final boss of, not the final boss, the only boss in the cemetery area is this like dead lady banshee type thing that like yeah. comes out of the cemetery, and it's actually, there's a pretty cool, like, screen effect that tries to make it look like rotating oh, by yeah, just yeah, using yeah. parallax. Yeah. I also really like the music for that fight, but, um, in that fight, one of his lines is, while she's transforming, because basically she looks like a normal person that's just kind of, like, weird and possessed, yeah, and then she like transforms into, like, stuff. 
Yeah, then she transforms into like a corpse, just like a floating corpse. And during the transformation segment, one of the things he can say is, uh... Not bad looking for a dead chick. Which I found pretty humorous. I'm, I'm partial to... Well, that's one way to lose weight. <laughs> that's a good one, too. <laughs> it's pretty good. I, I do actually like all of the bosses. I think yeah. the one that I liked the least was the Toonland boss, uh, which yeah, was the Flatulator. It took me a long time to figure out how to beat that one. Yeah, same here. And I think that's why I didn't like it, was that I didn't understand it at first. Right. As soon as I learned the the trick that I used, I liked it. What? How did you guys stop taking damage from his like back and forth? So so his back and forth, the bit is, we, we should describe this boss, right? He's like the Superman figure. I think he actually has an S on his chest. And he drinks a bunch of some liquid, and it becomes it fat. It looks like, it le let's be honest, it looks like piss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he becomes fat, and then he literally farts across the screen. Uh, and you have to dodge him while he's moving, because the fart propels him. He's basically- He's a Mega Man enemy, he's basically. He's basically Super Wario. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he's a, he's a Mega Man enemy, Don't you mean Wario Man? Wario Man, thank you. But so, the, the major problem with this particular attack, first of all, it's very simple, which isn't necessarily bad. But the problem is, it's so fast that when you see it and when you hear it, it's already too late for you to jump basically, yeah. especially because the screen doesn't cooperate and actually show you where he is. Right. So you just have to memorize the timing of how long it takes between farts for him to start moving again. So that's how you beat it, was just memorizing the timing and getting a rhythm? Pretty much, yeah. Okay, how did you beat it, Charlie? Well, it's weird because I forgot what I was doing once I figured out how to damage him, but what I did is that once he goes to one side, I immediately bounce on him. Because when I, when I first fought him, my immediate instinct was to just bounce on him to attack him. Yeah, right. same but I here. found that was just easier just bounce on him on his head when he gets there and you'll you'll jump once and this is after the the anvil falls on him because mm. you'll jump there just in time and then you just and then he'll go to the other side and you just kind of repeat the process until he starts doing his uh, M wave sign. Okay. Wave yeah. And also we should note that the only way to damage this boss is not to attack him but to like knock off these uh anvils. Anvils? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz it's cartoon world. He has an attack phase and, like, a scatter phase, and while he's moving in this, like, uh, figure eight pattern, there's anvils that are, like, hung from a thin thread that you can uh, climb onto the ceiling and swipe the thread, and so then the anvil falls on top of him. It should also be noted that these have been, like, an obstacle for you to get over throughout the whole level, so I think it's kind of neat that you yeah. get to use them against him no, later. I, I like that whole thing conceptually. You know, but... Yeah, well, it, there's also a chandelier. Is there? I didn't remember the chandelier. Yeah, there's a couple chandeliers. But, um... Oh, the way I beat him was... Whenever he would go to his side, I would, like, use the run button, hop to the opposite side, and wait for him to hit the wall, because there's actually... He automatically knocks you off the wall whenever he hits, he hits it. Yeah. And if you do that and just push to the left, as soon as he hits the wall, you'll fall to the left, you will not get hit by the anvil, and then you have enough time to run to the other side and cling to the wall. Mm. So as soon as I learned that, I actually beat him without getting hit one more time after that. Interesting. <laughs> so as soon as I found that trick, the boss became incredibly, like, easy to beat. Because he doesn't ever change his attack pattern. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, I, I think none of the bosses in this game have a complex attack pattern. Yeah, not really. They're just designed in a way that makes them still pretty interesting to fight. And none of them last too long. Yeah, which I agree. I was with that. kind of surprised by. Yeah, I I definitely thought because the the ghost in the cemetery, oh, oh she's she's not the longest. The snake is definitely the longest. Yeah. But the ghost, I was like, okay, so the environment's moving, and you just gotta hit her a bunch. You gotta wait. Uh, so this is gonna take a while. And then after a few hits, she was down, and I was like, oh, interesting. I I thought there would be a lot more to the boss, and after I like, after I, after I sort of got into the mindset of this is what bosses are going to like sort of constitute every other boss after that I was like oh so this this is what the boss is I just got to figure that out you know yeah they're, they're pretty reasonable I don't know what the kung fu bill boss was because I didn't get to it. it was like a Godzilla turtle and it grows bigger every time you uh, hit him mm. the name of the quote-unquote Godzilla turtle is Gameric he has his own separate movies but that boss is called toxic turtle so, I just want to say I'm looking at the list of quotes, and I like this quote. I didn't get to hear it, but I like the concept of it. Gotten a little cocky since we beat the hair? <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that quote, but I couldn't tell what he was saying, but that's a good one. It is a good one. 
See, but there's there's a lot of we're not mentioning most of the bad ones because they're they're just that's it, you know. But there are some there are some good ones. There's also against the same turtle. Without that shell, you're just a naked lizard. Yeah, there are two Rocket Man jokes in New Toonland. Yeah. One is where he's singing. So before rocket we get to the man. music, I wanted to read one, and the other, he one says, more quote. I it's be from the Kung Fu level. Man. And Gex just says this while he's walking around sometimes. He says, I'm having Nam flashbacks and I wasn't even there. And I feel like that one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. So, so the music, right? I can't decide how I feel about the music. Because on the one hand, it's really repetitive. And on the other hand, it's still really good. It's like pretty good music. <laughs> I didn't really uh, have much to think about it with it, honestly. The thing that gets me about the music is the music is also written like comically, you know? Yeah, yeah. it sounds almost 16-bit actually. It makes like silly noises and stuff. So there's there's a bit especially in the friggin' uh, Tune, Tune TV, New, New Tune Town or whatever, New Tune Land. Yeah. Uh, in the New Tune Land levels, there's a bit where there's a guitar riff and then everything cuts out and it's just like a cowbell and somebody gargling water. And like the gargling <laughs> water is like an instrument in this song and I'm I'm yeah. so into it. <laughs> like every time that happens I'm like this is a good song and every time the song starts I'm like this is a bad song just cuz I'm so <laughs> sick of hearing the start of the song every time. Yeah. I liked I liked pretty much all the Two Town music in the cemetery. I actually really like the boss theme. I think that might be my favorite song from the game is the yeah. cemetery boss theme. I don't remember the cemetery boss theme uh, because I have a bad memory, but I remember feeling pretty good about it. We can like, if you guys want to, we can play it now in the podcast, and you guys can listen to it. We can take like a pause. Yeah. And then it'll be like everyone listen to it together. Do you want to do that? <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. about it like every song in the Gex soundtrack is like pretty repetitive but what it repeats is really good I'm, I'm getting a I'm getting a megalovania vibe from this <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's one way to put it yeah I, I sort of get that but yeah I think I think the like cemetery level nails the like spooky rock sort of vibe you know yeah. uh, which I'm really into uh, new Toonland, I've already talked about what I like about it the Jungle Isle map music is so silly. <laughs> yeah. Like to the point where I can't I can't even enjoy it. I just have to like think about it. You know. Yeah, you just have to be there for it. It's how would you like I don't even know how to describe the music, honestly. I was pretty impressed by the Kung Fuville music not being like just offensive. Yeah. Because it definitely could have been, like... They snuck chopsticks into into both the map and the stage music. Yeah, but they snuck it in. It wasn't just the whole thing. Yeah. It, it wasn't the only thing the song was. It was like, okay, so here's a bit where we're going to get it in, and now back into the main song. Like, it's a motif. Yeah. Which is cool. And it, I feel like it has to be there because of what this game is, almost. Yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely, like... You hear it, and you're like, oh yeah, no, this is the 1990s. Yeah, it, like, it would be pretty much impossible for this game to go full bore on, like, what it is, which is just a bunch of, like, pop culture references, and yeah. also, like, avoid being at least somewhat, like, offensive, I guess. Yeah, like, like these were the kind of jokes that were told in the 90s. Yeah. You know, whether that's good or bad, or even whether or not that's funny, which, for me, with the exception of pretty much every quote we've said... Is mostly this game is not funny at all to me. Yeah, but we've had like a quote in almost every level that was funny. Yeah, and I feel like part like almost 
the game is like sneering at Gex because have you guys read about like the plot for this game? No. Outside of the like opening like cutscene. Yeah, so Gex's dad worked at NASA. <laughs> which I'm gonna let you chew on that for a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So so Gex's dad worked at NASA. And then him and all of his colleagues died in a rocket explosion. <laughs> and after Gex's mother told him this, instead of, you know, handling the grieving process, he bottled his emotions up and just watched TV all day. Now that's and a then, mood. Yeah, and then that's where the game started. Incredible. So, if, if anything, you could say that instead of the plot being his nemesis sucked him into the TV, you could say the entire gameplay is a metaphor for what he's done to himself yeah he's going through the grieving process i you know what that that explains it uh the cemetery is denial the new yep. land is no i hate the video game is about the five stages i hate that bit that concept but this one uh, but this one like actually works pretty well i get okay so it's it's cemetery deny uh davda denial anger bargaining depression acceptance uh yeah. New Toonland is uh, anger. That Which makes sense because it's like full of violence and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the jungle is bargaining. That, the, I don't doesn't know. Doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> no. And then you have depression, which is Kung Fuville. <laughs> I, no. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think this bit works out after all. It worked pretty well for the first two. <laughs> and there are five levels. It worked okay for the first two. It worked pretty... Like, the first one is literally about death. Yeah. But that's not what denial is. Denial is they're not dead. And no, I guess Gex is like trying to beat all of the Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. No, it just it makes sense. Zombies are undead, so they're not dead. Yeah. Anyway, the music is pretty good. <laughs> the music is pretty good. It's definitely it's definitely worth a listen, for sure. Yeah. I'd say if you were playing this game like if you're a pro at this game for some reason, again, don't know why you would even have played this game. But if you're really good at this game, you could play it fast enough that the music wouldn't get old. That's true. Now, the problem is you would have to have played it enough to be good at it so yeah. that the music would have already gotten old. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? So um, before we started the podcast, we were reading a thing about uh, one of the people one of the people working on Gex developing it uh, was sort of talking about what went wrong and what went right, but mostly what went wrong because that's how it tends to go. Yeah. And one of the things he said was that sound was like the last thing they did. It was one of the last things that they did. And so that makes sense to me that by the time they wrote the music, everybody was really good at the game. <laughs> I like the idea of them being like refined players of their own like weird game. I mean, it's typically how it goes, especially if you're if you're a small group, you don't really have access to like a huge pool of playtesters. Right. You know, Playtesters have an interesting role in the development of this game, but I figured I'd let you tell that whole story after the music segment. I didn't get to read the entire story, unfortunately, so I don't know about the role Playtesters had. Well, I mean, you, you read the juicy bits. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, so, I, should, I, should I talk about the, the level designer bit? Yeah, like, let's just go ahead. So, basically, this game had a pretty crazy, like, development history, and it took a really long time to develop, so I'll just let Isaiah go away with the details on that. So there's there's a bit that I'm particularly interested in that I have to share, which is that uh, the lead the lead designer, uh, Justin Knorr, didn't didn't work as much as everybody else. He worked ten to six, which is uh, eight hours, uh, which if you're in the game development industry is not as much as you are working, and so because he wasn't out all the time, uh, somebody else worked on his levels while he was gone, and when he came back, uh, he was really mad about that, so he, like, he basically, he remade his old version of the level and put it into the game secretly, and then in the new version, he put in uh, a question mark object that, in the game, question mark objects are for tutorials, there's text in there, and he used that text to explain how to access this uh, cheat code that would give you the original level that... He, so he did this without the approval of anybody, because he was mad, right? And at the end of his original level, there were three more messages, and 
uh, the, those messages were basically like, hey, don't you like this level a lot more than the new version of the level? Well, uh, basically, this level was cut because this company doesn't care about you, they just want to make money. And if you have a problem with that, call. And then he gave out his supervisor's real phone number in this message. So, uh, <laughs> playtesters found this, and uh, he was fired immediately. <laughs> and that's such this... an incredible bit. This freaking guy. Like, okay, so game development is always a rough process. Like, you're always going to have moments where something gets cut that you didn't want or gets edited that you didn't want. Uh, there's always going to be moments where uh, we've been working on this game for two years and we just realized that there are no sound effects or music. Yeah, and the game was supposed to be out eight months ago. <laughs> yeah, there, that, that happens all the time. I mean, not so much now in, like, AAA companies that have been uh, established for decades. I mean, stuff still gets delayed all the time. Like, I hear a game's release date and I just add four months. Yeah, like, that's... It's generally, you know, the last 10% of game development is, like, 90% of the game, you yeah. know? So it's it's ridiculous, but this this definitely is one of the more interesting ways that that can manifest. Uh, this game was supposed to be... It was supposed to be their Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, which is very funny to me. Well, it should be noted, this game actually did fairly well for kind of coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I think on the 3DO, it sold a, a million copies or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah, on the 3DO. <laughs> yeah, which, the 3DO is not a console that people buy. Like, it's not... I wonder well, if I clearly. can find the sales numbers. I, I just now remembered that I saw the 3DO version of the game at a game store last week. Yeah, so I used to have week. a 3DO, but I think I, I left it at my parents' house and haven't seen it since. I've never seen the 3DO. I, I'm, I'm convinced it doesn't actually exist. Yeah, I had one, Charlie. The 3DO uh, version of the game managed to sell over a million copies. Yeah, and that's just the 3DO version. It also came out in the PS1, so I'm sure that sold copies as well. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation 1 was the... I, I don't know. PlayStation 1 games' sales are a little bit lower than you'd expect. Well, no, I just mean that that's more... It means that it sold more than more than one million copies. I'm forgetting if it was the PlayStation 1 or the PlayStation 2. It was one of those where it was the most pirated, like, console of all time. Now, like, the console wasn't pirated, but the, the game Xbox, was The Xbox is the one that's super easy to pirate crap on. Really? I think the Dreamcast, okay. too. But yeah, so the, there's a lot of, like... I think it was the PS2 that had a lot of sales, and then each individual game didn't sell as well proportionally to how well the console sold, because, like, one copy would be bought, and then a bunch of pirated versions of it would be copied from that copy. Well, the thing that happened really often is I think that the consoles that were, like, the ones that were the most primitive form of connecting to the internet had this issue where you could connect to a site that just had the ISOs on it and then download them directly <laughs> to your console. <laughs> and I think the Dreamcast, if I remember correctly, the Dreamcast was one of the ones where you could just plug it into your, like, modem, internet. basically, yeah. and then download Dreamcast games directly to your Dreamcast. That's really good. But yeah, so uh, Gex did Gex did pretty well. It was it was supposed to be the next Sonic. Uh, yeah. That's that's what this. Can I can I see the author for this? Maybe at the bottom of this article. Uh, but they opened saying that this was supposed to be the next Sonic, like in quotes. Well, it was Crystal Dynamics' uh, mascot character at the very least. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it was also supposed to be a 3DO's mascot as well yeah did you guys did you guys see if you stayed on the gex title screen for long enough a new video would play and it was like a two minute ad for crystal dynamics games yeah i did get it but like i had it running in the background so i was just not paying attention as much it had yeah, like know about that it had like a, a, a dodgeball game like live action film bit in it what it it's it's really interesting I know there's some weird and interesting secrets in Gex itself that the, 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 the developers kind of like put in there without permission, basically. I'm just Googling. Yeah, I think I remember some like some famous-ish movie clips in it, but like, again, I yeah, wasn't so, paying attention. So Crystal Dynamics Commercial Walk It Off is the name of it. And unfortunately on YouTube, you can see this the, the widescreen version of it, so it's stretched really grossly. Yeah. 
Although, to be fair, that really just adds to the experience, because it's a very odd game, uh, commercial. It's got a lot of, like, wide-angle lenses to show somebody uncomfortable, which was really popular in the 90s. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's worth a watch. But yeah, I thought that was, it was weird that they were like, oh yeah, let's have this minute and a half long commercial for our company just in the game, and it just kind of plays But like, wait. buried gently, like just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of how Sonic Adventure 2 had an ad for itself at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that was funny. But it's like, oh, you want me to buy this game? Well, I already you did. Just beat it. So great. Uh, another another thing that's very gently. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed. If you stay on the pause screen for long enough, like well in the middle of the level, uh, little oh, yeah. little Gex footprints start appearing on the screen in and like a And then it'll just cover the entire fashion. thing. Yeah, it'll like slowly cover the screen. Like it takes five minutes to cover the entire screen. Yeah, I was I was having lunch like in a minute, and I came back. And I'm like, did it? Did my game crash? <laughs> it's it's cool to watch actually because I'm gonna do that right now because I did not do that while I was playing. Yeah, it takes it takes a long time. Like the footprints don't start appearing for a long time, and then they appear one by one, creating a line. And when they get off the screen, they start in a different location. And so it takes a an extremely long time for them to start covering the screen, but it it does happen, which is really cool. You know what it reminds me of? It what? reminds me of like playing a uh, solitaire on like Windows oh, yeah. 98 or whatever, and just waiting <laughs> waiting for the card. Was like once you beat a game, just wait the cards to fill the entire yeah. screen. Yeah, that's a that's a mood. That's a big mood. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting game. It does a lot of interesting things. I like I like Gex. I think overall I don't like Gex, but I'm fascinated by Gex. Well, you don't like this game at the very least. We haven't yeah. played the other two yet. Yeah. We've each played I, Charlie and I have played a lot of Gex, and I don't know how much Charlie has played of three, but I've played a lot of Gex three. I played I only played a little bit of three because a, a brother's friend of mine my brother's friend came over to our house a couple times and I would just play 64 games while they were doing whatever. Which right. is how I first played uh, Diddy Kong Racing and a bit of uh, Banjo-Tooie as well. Which, Banjo-Tooie scarred me, but that's a that's a, that's a a story for someone else. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, the 64 just has a lot of things that just scared me as a kid. The yeah. problem the problem for me with a comedy game, especially a game that's that has so many pop culture references, is that it gets dated way faster than any other kind of game. Well, you, you know, know what it doesn't if, get if, dated is, hey, look, SNL, because that show is still going that on. That show is still on, yeah. Yeah, Full House also, you can switch 12 years with, like, 35 or whatever, but we still have Full House. Yeah, we have Fuller House now. Also, yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Dana Gould, like, wrote all of his dialogue. Oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. In all of the games, it looks like, too. I, I actually see that. I could see that. Yeah, I think he had someone else writing with him, but yeah, he wrote all of his lines. I definitely think, because especially if you're already a comedian, you have to have a hand in the material that you're reading, because you know how you deliver your lines. Right. Well, you know? like, either way, there's going to be a little bit of improv. Like, oh, yeah. Because you're going to say it differently. Like, no matter how much voice <laughs> acting direction you can get, like, you're going to say it differently than I want you to. Yeah. Like the friggin' uh, my inner child is coming out and it hurts. He very clearly was like, "This is how I'm gonna say this part. This is how I'm gonna say this part." You know? Yeah. He also knew it was the best line. It is a good line. I wish I would have heard it like a tenth as many times as I did. <laughs> this friggin' dude. <laughs> and that's you know, maybe in the future we'll have a comedy game that works exactly the way this game does in terms of the way it delivers lines, except that you will never hear the same line more than five times. Yeah. So you just won't, you won't be able to get sick of it. I believe it's worse like in the other games when you have the N64 version because the N64 can't hold as many. Uh... Oh yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is a real limitation. Like the, the PlayStation and the, the, uh... well, yeah. Because, like, the N64 version of Tony Hawk just has a bunch of songs that are cut, Radio. and I'm glad I never had to play those ones. Yeah. Like, the 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 disc-based systems can just store so much more, 
like a game like this being made today could just have functionally infinite lines. Like as many lines as they can come up with an edit, you don't have to worry about space anymore. I mean, it already has a lot of lines. Like, I think, I think the thing is, you can just mute this game if you want to, <laughs> and then it stops being as dated. Because the sprite art actually isn't that bad. Like, Gex kind of looks the the way that like the Donkey Kong Country games do, where they sort of like rotoscope a yeah. 3D. They just like take images of a 3D rendered model. So yeah. Gex looks like that, and the rest of the stage is like just drawn. And I feel like the backgrounds and stuff look really cool in this game. Like, all of the art assets are neat. Yeah, it's a fairly good looking game. So, like, that's not dated. The controls are not the best. Like, moving around isn't too bad, and climbing on the walls feels great, but precision platforming is not is not good in this game. Mm -hmm. Because every time you push a direction, it sort of does that thing where it gives you a ton of momentum right away. Yeah. So you can't, like, jump to the right and then tap to the left to, like, slow down a little bit. There were, there were several times where I was like, okay, this guy is behind me, so I need to hit him, so I'm just going to turn around... And then I walked off my platform and fell to my death. Yep. Yep. And that is not fun. It's not an especially huge problem until you get to like the kung fu level where there's bottomless yeah. pits and stuff, and there's a bunch of tiny platforms you have to jump on. That was that was the worst of it. Like tiny platforms, and underneath them, a pit of death. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's any bottomless pits in the kung fu level. It's no, it's red water. Lava. Yeah, there's red water, but there's also there's like one place where there's sinking where you're sinking in a spike, which doesn't necessarily kill you. Oh no, wait, it was red water. Never mind. Anyway. Water. Yeah, there's also there's also spots with the water that uh oh that's the jungle level's instant kill mechanic. It's the water. If you go too deep in the water, you die right away. So every level oh, does have an instant death mechanic. Gek should have sung right. red red wine. Yeah, he really should have. You guys listen to the jungle isle map music. Oh yeah, I know that has screams in it. It's got. It's just somebody making sounds with their mouth for a bit. And they're like, that's what music is. Me, me doing sound design. <laughs> it's like trying to sound like... They're like trying to evoke images of like the jungle, but also they've never been to the jungle and don't know anybody who has. <laughs> like, There's some like sick bass in this soundtrack. Yeah. I, I like all these songs. These songs are okay. Yeah, they're okay. Some, some of them are better than others, for sure. Well, are, are we ready for a thumbs up, thumbs down on this uh, baby? This baby? Oh, I'm seeing the Gex hands. You're seeing oh, the Gex hands? Oh, it's so cool. It they're is so very fast. cool. This it's, is so neat. It takes, it takes a while to fill up. That's, that's what's slow, is that it, like, because they're so tiny. Yeah. It just is a process. I love this. If you, can you imagine if you were a kid and like your your mom was like dinner's ready and you're like you leave your game on and you come back and there's just little, little gex hands all over the place. Yeah, awesome. that's that's what it's for. Like it was made so that people would see it, like without realizing. Yeah, but yeah. can it beat Bubsy messing with your TV? Yeah, it already did. <laughs> it just did right now. Just did right now. Go go Bubsy yourself. Um, so yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. Isaiah, start us off. I'm I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. Me too. I'm giving it the same thumbs down that I think we ended up giving to the original Sonic. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like there's a lot of potential here. I mean, my I think my thumbs down is pretty hard, but it's like less. I don't. I would probably give it a thumbs up now because I like. Like I feel like we 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 spent a lot of time talking about stuff that we liked about it, and. The problem is, a lot of the game is not interesting, which is why we didn't talk about it. Well, I think that a lot of the game is interesting. The problem is that just a lot of things are, like, reused. Like, other than Toontown, each level kind of looks the same. I think that Toontown has a lot of cool visual design. Like, I love... Yeah. The, there was something I didn't mention, which is... There's a part in Toontown... Or New Toon... New Toonland. New Toonland. Anyway, Toontown, I think, is the next game. Legally distinct from Disney's Toontown. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> I liked in that level there's a... Or in that world there's a level where you climb up a tower, which in and of itself is cool because you have to go between like climbing on the background and climbing on walls and yeah. like, jumping through different spots, which it just feels fun. But when you get to the very top, you see like a break and then the clouds part and there's stars. Yeah, that's true. You climbing up that... And then the next level takes place in space on rockets, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. 
And then there's also this level in that uh, world where you're in the desert, and there's a bunch of these, like, trailers and stuff in the background, and one of them is, like, a gecko tavern. Yeah. Which is neat, and I just I just like the art in the background. I feel like it's really nice. So so the bit, gecko tavern, is open 24 hours a day, right? And yeah. then you hit switches, or no, you go through doors that change whether it's daytime or nighttime, and that mm-hmm. store is always open. Yeah. It's a good bit. Well, it's also cool, because that level, like, mechanically, that level is... You enter these doors, and the layout of the level is almost the same, but there's slight differences, and you have to hit these switches. Yeah, I, I did think that was cool. Like, yeah. it, it plays with your expectations of things being similar, but not exactly the same. And sometimes it does door gags with you. Oh, yeah, you'll open the door, and there'll be a brick wall, or, like, a lady in the shower, or a train coming at you. Yeah. Is that what that was? Because I couldn't, like, tell what the heck that, what that one was Yeah, it was, it was a train coming at you. Yeah. That, yeah, dude, this game has so many cool things in it. Like, I think that there's enough cool stuff to keep you playing, more or less. And I think it gets better from the, after this. Yeah, but so I, I think we'll that, that, like... We'll next time. I think that this is a... How about we do this? Let's fully compare it to the first Sonic game. Did you like this more or less than playing the first Sonic game? Okay, I liked it more than the first Sonic game. I did too. Well, see, that's where I'm... That's where I'm gonna slightly disagree now that I... Now that I'm an expert at Sonic 1. But, <laughs> I mean, first impression-wise, I guess I do like it. But, you know, I'd have to I'd have to come back to this game a lot more to, like, really solidify my opinion on that. So, I think, I think for me, the difference between a thumbs-up and a thumbs-down are very small changes. Like... If the camera on this game were just a little bigger yeah. and you could see below you, it would definitely be a thumbs-up for me. If the camera, like, moved down when you held down... For sure. Like, and also, maybe just don't have insta-death swamp area in that level where you're going to fall in often. <laughs> like, I mean, it, I wouldn't mind if I could see it. Yeah. If like, I could see thing. it, it would be way better. Yeah. Uh, and also make it so that when you turn around, move the camera to the direction you're facing. Don't make me have to walk a little bit, because I don't yeah, always or- have space. Or don't do the camera pan at all. Just have, like, Gex slightly to the left at all times. Because moving backwards isn't something you have to do that often. I don't know. I think I think it happens enough to warrant it. But, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I hate when the camera moves around in games like this. It, it like, sickens me. I think, I think it would be good if, like, when you were facing in the direction other than the direction it was panned, yeah. It would, like, wait a little bit and then pan in that direction. Yeah, I mean, if the pan was subtle and you were generally in the middle, but, like, slightly to the side, it would be fine. But I just don't like the way that it pans all the way to the left or all the way to the right. Yeah. Like, if it's a slight pan, that's fine. It's it's interesting because I feel like most games, especially especially now, most games are, are designed with an idea of what you'll be able to see. And, like, the level design is like, okay, well, this isn't quite in view and so we're gonna make you move before it can be in view etc and i feel like this game is is one of the games where that wasn't really done like there's stuff that should be in view you should care for what's in view and what's not in view and if the camera was like zoomed out somehow without losing the fidelity of this 32-bit game then it would it would improve the game so much vastly yeah so I guess I, I think that it's like the it's a thumbs down, but it's so so close to just being completely like fine and playable in the modern day. Yeah, it's just a shame that we're not going to be able to see Gex in two D after this. Except well, uh, unless we play the Game Boy games. Yeah, well, I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. But yeah, next time we'll be playing Gex Enter the Gecko for the sixty four. Gex sixty four. Or the PlayStation as well, which I've I think that the PlayStation supposedly has more quotes or something. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Which I played it on the N64, so I'm curious to hear all of these wonderful new Gex quotes for the PlayStation version. So, so you guys okay. are both gonna play the PlayStation version, that is that right? Uh, I probably will. Yeah. I might play the Nintendo 64 version just because it will be easier for me to get it working. Yeah, I have a I have a 64 cartridge, but. I was only able to get a hold of a, a, a PS1 copy of Gex 3, so... Mm. Yeah. Unless I find one, a, P- a 64 copy by them, which is what I'd prefer to play, but... 
It would be it would be interesting to compare the different versions. For mm-hmm. sure. I think the key differences is just sound stuff mostly and probably like a few glitches here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But see you guys then. Oh, you can find us on Twitter at no spin dash zone and you can you can email us at no spin dash zone at gmail.com. You can also follow me at twitter.com slash Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. I tweet jokes. I tweet about video games. Uh, I tweet about uh, game development and other cool stuff that I'm in the middle of doing. Projects, uh, podcast episodes, etc. So uh, follow me if you want to find out uh, more about stuff that I do. And also, hear my bad jokes. And if you like art, you can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw something every day. That's not something you usually see on an art account, but mostly black and white but i hope you follow me and we'll have a good time i retweet other people's art and yeah bye 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 kill your tv man we'd like to thank the lag network for making our episodes available on platforms like itunes google play soundcloud stitcher and lots more if you're listening on youtube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms Just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.